Good morning. You know, I've uh, been missing you guys this week. Came this morning, been looking at some things. Do you know what time of day Adam was created at? A little before Eve. <laughs> you know, another one I heard Adam sent out late a few nights and uh, came home and after a few nights, Eve was just boiling mad. And she looked at him and she said, Wait a minute, I just know that you're out running around with other women. She's throwing a huge fit. And Adam, you know, said, Just stop. You're being unreasonable. You know you're the only woman on earth. But there's still tension when they went to bed. They didn't put it to bed. They went to bed with it. Well, Adam woke up in the middle of the night to a sharp pain in his side. And there said Eve, poking him in the torso. And Adam looked over at her and said, what are you doing? And she said, counting your ribs. <laughs> you know, Eve was the first woman. She was the first of all creation. She was the mother. And this morning, we begin a series devoted to that more feminine side of the human nature. Uh, we talk a lot about heroes in our sermons and our Bible studies. And we talk a lot about prophets and we talk a lot about the men of the Bible, but sometimes I feel like we miss the women of the Bible. We miss those people who played an integral part in, in some new way. And so, because of that, I want to take this time and take this series, and I want to look at, it's called, And God Created Woman, Good and Not So Good Women of the Bible. That's, that's the series that we are starting this week. And I, in the series, I want us to look at what we can learn from the women of the Bible. Not what we can learn from, from the stories that surround them, and not what we can learn from the men that's in their lives, but what we can learn from the women themselves. And so it's a very different type of series uh, than, than I usually do. But we're not going to start in the very beginning. We're not going to start with Eve. But we are going to be in the Old Testament. We are going to be in the uh, book of 1 Kings. Now, we've just started 1 Kings in our Bible readings every week, um, and so every morning. So we are right in 1 Kings now. We're a little later in the, in, in the book than we are uh, for this sermon. But um, I wanted us to look at, at a certain widow woman. You know, in, in 1 Kings, Elijah comes uh, to the forefront as, as the premier prophet of Israel. He's the one who, who stands up to everyone. And so Elijah first comes on the scene whenever he uh, is there with Ahab and Jezebel. Because Ahab and Jezebel have taken over the kingdom. He is the king. She is his queen. But she is not an Israelite. So she, she worships other gods. And so God is displeased. And so he brings in Elijah the Tishbite, who comes in and proclaims God's uh, declaration that Israel was so bad. And, and so he announces the famine and the drought, and he goes to the brooks, and he is fed by ravens there. And that's where we pick up in 1 Kings chapter 17, our text for the day. And it says there, Then the word of the Lord came to him. Get up, go to Zarephath, Zarephathah, that belongs to Sidon, and say there, Look, I have commanded a woman who was a widow to provide for you there. So Elijah got up and went to Zarephath. When he arrived at the city gate, there was a widow woman gathering wood. And Elijah called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup and let me drink. And as she went to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I don't have anything baked. 
only a handful of flour in the jar and a bit of oil in the jug. Just now, I am gathering a couple of sticks in order to go prepare it for myself and my son so we can eat it and die. Then Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said. But first make me a small loaf from it and bring it out to me. Afterward, you may make some for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The flour jar will not become empty and the oil jug will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the surface of the land. So she proceeded to do according to the word of Elijah. Then the woman, Elijah, and her household ate for many days. The flour jar did not become empty and the oil jug did not run dry according to the word of the Lord he had spoken through Elijah. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you. We praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, may the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. All right. Well, you know, here we are in, in this story with Elijah and Ahab and Jezebel. Now, Elijah is the major guy in Israel at this point. He is the one who stands there and stands up and speaks and says what needs to be said. And so this is him going to this woman from somewhere else and her husband, basically, because Jezebel's running the place, and proclaiming that their actions are wicked in the sight of the Lord. And so he proclaims the famine and he takes off to the wilderness. Now, he's at his wit's end, obviously. And so he goes and he falls down by the brook and the ravens come and they take care of him. But he has gone outside of Judah. He has gone into a place that is no longer Israel. He has actually gone into the land that Jezebel has come from. So he has gone to the land of Baal to take on the god Baal, to find out that God, Yahweh, is truly God, even wherever you go. And so, most likely when he gets there, you know, God has, has said, get up, go find her, here's an Israelite woman, and when he gets there, he finds a woman. So most likely, because you could tell she was a widow from how she was dressed, she was a fairly recent widow. Not only that, her, her son was not yet an adult, and because he was not yet an adult, um, we know that she couldn't be that old a widow, so she's fairly recent. And, you know, here, God brings this widow an opportunity to give. You know, money talk is uncomfortable, and giving talk is uncomfortable sometimes in churches. I don't know why it's that way, but when we begin to talk about giving and doing those things, we begin to find people get very uncomfortable very quickly. But here... You know, we don't want to be one who gives out of obligation rather than joy. Because wisdom, the widow here, in God's wisdom, is chosen for this task because he knows who she is. He, She is chosen. God picked her out from everybody he could have chosen. He chose this widow to minister to Elijah in this time. She was chosen. God knew who she was. God knew where she was at. God knew what she had. God knew all of these things, but yet he had had his eye on her. And she's given this great opportunity. That should bring us great peace. Because if God had his eye on the widow of Zarephath, of Zarephath uh, he has his eye on us. I mean, here he is, a great opportunity to bless the prophet to build her faith in God, to stretch her faith to its limits. And so here we see that God's saying, okay, this is her. And, she, and Elijah shows up and he gets there. The question we have to ask ourselves, 
as we look at this widow woman today is, do we embrace the opportunities that God gives us? Because this is all about the widow's opportunity. Do we embrace those opportunities? The first thing that happens is he he's sitting there, he's thirsty, he's been out in the wilderness for, for days, and he says to her, can you get me a drink of water and bring it to me? Yes, sir, I can do that. And as she goes away, he calls after her and says, oh, and bring me some bread in your hand. And the widow says, sir, I don't have any bread. I don't have anything. I've got a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And I'm out here for one reason. I'm gathering firewood to go home and make some bread for me and my son so that we can die. She's honest. The first thing that I think we have to learn from the widow here is that we should tell God our fears and our doubts. We should be honest. How often are we honest with ourselves? How often are we honest with those around us? How often are we honest with God and say, God, I just don't get it? So often we feel like we have to struggle in silence. We have to struggle by ourselves. We have to simply sit here and do the things over and over and over again and and hope that, that it works out right. But the truth is, it's okay if we come to God and say, God, I don't understand. God, I want to do what you've asked me to do, but I don't have the way to do it. That's what she said to Elijah. Sir, I would love to help you, but I don't have any bread. The only thing I have is a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, and it's spoken for because I'm going home, and I'm going to make some bread, and my son and I are going to eat it, and we're going to die. Now, we don't know if she meant that they were going to die of starvation or if this was a suicide pact. We don't know what's going on here. We just know that this is a desperate woman in a desperate time. You know, there is this time and place for us to speak our fears. There's a theology out there that says that we should never speak things that are bad because it could cause it to come into existence because it could happen. The problem with that for me is God wants us to speak our fears. God wants us to come and say, God, please guide me through this. God wants us to be honest with him with everything that we have because when we're honest with God, we have power over those things that bring us fear. When we're honest with God, we have power over those things that we couldn't see before. You know, again, you know, Carrie Friday found a snake in in our yard. Well, actually on our back porch. I didn't see it. By the time she got me, it was already slithered away somewhere. But there was a snake, she said, laying right on the threshold of our back door when she opened it. I was trying to get ready to do this right here whenever I heard her squealing and screaming. And so I was like, what's going on? And I jump up and go look, and here she is, following about the snake. So I have to get everything ready and go out there and find it, and it's already gone. And used to, I would have been completely panicked because I, snakes were something that just terrified me. But there is something about being able to speak the word, something about being able to understand. And when we have an understanding of something, it takes that fear away. God wants us to come to him with our doubts and our fears, and he wants us to speak those things to him. He wants us to come to him in the quiet of the night, in the still, in our quiet place, in our special room, in our prayer closet, and say to him, God, I am terrified. I'm terrified of this disease. I'm terrified of cancer. I'm terrified of of not making it financially. I'm terrified of losing my job. I'm terrified of my kids making wrong choices. God, I'm terrified to step out on faith and do what you want me to do. God, I'm terrified. God wants us to be honest. And so when we speak our fears and and on, on, in our doubts to God, 
we can be assured that he is still in control. And sometimes, though, it, it gets tougher after the assurance. What do I mean by that? She spoke. Elijah, I don't have anything, sir. I'm sorry. And he said, oh, well, here's what I want you to do. Go home and make me a loaf. And then after you make me a loaf, then you can go back and make you some loaves. Sometimes, here's the second thing we learn from the widow, sometimes what God asks doesn't make sense in worldly terms. The widow has just told Elijah, what did he just, I have a little bit of flour and I have a little bit of oil. I'm going to go home and make a little bit of bread that I'm going to give to me and my son so that we can lay down and we can die. That's what I'm going to do. And instead, the man of God says to her, you know what? Go home and bake me a loaf. When that loaf is finished, bring it to me. And then you can go home and take care of you and your son. Don't feed your kid first. Feed me first. Can you imagine the thoughts in that woman's head? Have you ever had to not have something that you smelled cooking? You're late for a meeting and you pass by the steakhouse and smell that aroma. Your whole family's voted to go get chicken to chicken express and you pass by the barbie place and that that smell just wafts up into your nose you're on a diet and you pass by Krispy Kreme and those donuts just come out all those times when you want something and you can smell something but you can't have it can you imagine that widow she has to go home and bake bread for in front of her hungry son and say this isn't for you son this is for Elijah this isn't for you son this is for Elijah this is for the man of God this is for the guy who told me to do this and so sometimes we have to do these things that, that don't make any sense because God calls us to do things that don't make sense. God is calling her to do something that doesn't make sense. Somebody may think you're crazy. People may say it's crazy. But we have to give more than we're comfortable with sometimes. When we left Chillicothe, we sold everything. We packed up in our car and we just drove. We were homeless for a month. We literally were. And I remember we stopped that night at a Fifth Sunday Sing with some churches that we knew there before we left. And I remember the chairman of the deacons from the, from the church down the road who just kept saying, you can't. You can't just get in your car and drive. You can't just go somewhere. And I said, but I have to. Just like Abraham was told to just go and I'll show you when you get there. That's what I feel like we're being told. We have to go. And he thought we were crazy. He thought we were out of our minds, but we knew that God was calling us to it. And there are some people sometimes who are called to give crazy gifts to, to people, who are called to give crazy amounts of money to people. And people go, that doesn't make any sense. But when we're called to do it, God shows us the way. The truth is, I don't know how many times God has told me to do things that people found crazy. And I deal when people are looking at me going, you're out of your mind. But sometimes God calls us to do things that don't make sense in worldly terms. I mean, that's Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000, right? I love that story, and I love the nuances of the different forms of the story. Because in one of the stories, Jesus is like, oh, they need to eat, you go get it. And in one of the stories, the disciples come to Jesus and say, God, man, Jesus, there's a lot of people here. Send them to home to find something to eat. And when they come to Jesus with their need, Jesus says, well, you find them something to eat. There's 20,000 people here, Jesus. You find them something to eat. Well, we've got these loaves and these fish, but it's the little boy's lunch. What's that going to do us? 
Let's bless it and pass it out. Can you imagine? What faith did it take for the disciples to begin passing it out? Because the text there didn't say Jesus broke the bread and passed it out. He said he broke the bread and kept giving it to the disciples to pass out. Here you go, pass it out. Can you imagine the faith it took to walk away from Jesus to give out that bread and to give out that fish? Sometimes Jesus asks us to do things that don't make sense in worldly terms. But the thing we need to learn from the lady the most here is that we have to learn to step out in faith when the cost is great. This lady went home and did it. That blows my mind. She has a child at home who's hungry. This is a man from Israel, a man she's never met, who has come to her not only not bringing gifts, but he didn't have his own water. He had no way to get his own water. He didn't have any food. Not only did he not have any food, he was asking for her food. He was asking her to give him part of what she had set aside for her boy. That's who this man was. And this lady heard what he said because God said, you know what? If you do this, you are going to be blessed. I'm going to give you some stuff. It's going to, your, your flower jar will never be empty. Your oil will never be empty until the famine's over. And she trusted and she went home and she did it. When's the last time you had that kind of faith? A faith that said, I will believe the impossible even if it costs me everything. That's what she did. I'm going to believe the impossible even if it costs me everything. This could cost me everything. This could cost me my very life and I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to go home and make this bread. Truly, I believe that if this woman wouldn't have followed through, her flour would have run out and she would have died. But because she believed enough in this word from God to give her flour to the man of God, God blessed her and gave her what she needed. Because the truth is, here, here's the last point. When we step out in faith, when we follow in faith, God provides. She didn't know where the flour was going to come from. She didn't know where the oil was going to come from. She didn't know how she was going to keep making bread. She didn't know if it was an even possibility to keep making bread. She didn't know anything. But what she knew was the man of God had said that God said it will not go empty. And she said, okay, I'm in. Let's not let it be empty. I'm going to go home and I'm going to make you some bread and I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back so that we can see together. When we step out in faith, God provides. This woman shows us that God provides our needs. And it shows us today that God is the God of everywhere. He provides no matter where we are. Elijah wasn't in Israel. Elijah wasn't in the land of God. He wasn't in the city of David. He wasn't in Jerusalem. He wasn't in any of those places. Where was he at? He was in Zarephath. Zarephathah, he was out there in the middle of nowhere. That's where he was. And God provides. God's the God of everywhere. He's also showing there in the land of Baal that Baal is no God. There is only one God, and that is Yahweh. That's what he shows. And we learn that from her because she steps out in faith. Because he provides for our needs when we step out in faith. When's the last time you had that kind of faith? When's the last time you had the faith that said, I'm going to follow God no matter what? 
Remember what I said at the beginning? We need to ask ourselves about the opportunity that God is giving us here. Do we take the opportunities God gives us? Do we run with the opportunities God gives us? That's the question. Do we do the thing God wants us to do? Because God has always given us opportunities. He's always given us the, the way to step forward and to do the things that He wants us to do. God gives us that out of the goodness of His heart, out of the love that flows within Him. He gives us opportunities to give and to serve, but we have to be willing to stand up and step out and do what He wants us to do. Maybe this morning you have been praying to have that kind of faith. Maybe this morning you have wanted to know a God who moves in that way. But you've been trying to do it with all the pomp and circumstance. You've been trying to do it on your own. And you haven't been honest with yourself. And you haven't been honest with your God. And you haven't been honest with the people around you. We're not meant to walk this road alone. And until we can be honest with ourselves and those around us, we can never make great great strides in what God would want us to do. We have to be honest with God about our fears and our doubts. So if you've been struggling this 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 lifetime, this month, this year, with, with being honest with God, tear the wall down. God doesn't want you perfect. God wants you dependent upon Him. God wants you honest with Him. God wants you walking with Him in all integrity. You don't have to be perfect to follow God. You've got to be honest. Or maybe God is giving you something that He wants you to do. Maybe there is something that does not make sense in worldly terms that God is saying, step out and do this. And you're going, but I can't do that. There's no way I could do that. It's an impossibility for me to do that. Maybe that's who you are right now. Maybe, maybe people around you, you've told them your dream. You've told them what the vision God has given you. And they're going, you can't do that. You know what? People call Noah crazy too. But it was just him, his family, who came through the flood. Got to have the, the gumption to follow God, even when things are bad. We, we have to learn to step out when the cost is great. And we have to step out knowing that God provides. Maybe today you want to pray. I'll pray with you right here, right now. You know, you know, you can call me right after the service is over and I'll pray with you. Maybe this morning you have some other need. Take this time and give it to him. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. I want you to pray with me in a moment and we will go from there. But whatever your need this morning, wherever you're at, give it to him. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you. We praise you for your blessings. Father, I pray right now that you would... Um, Make yourself known. Father, allow us to heed the lessons of the widow. Father, we can be honest with you about our fears and doubts. That we would not hold things in any longer, Father, but be, but be open and honest and transparent with ourselves, with you, and with those who walk this road with us. Father, we pray right now that you would give us opportunities to serve, Father, and allow us to step out even when it doesn't make sense. Father, if there's anyone who doesn't know you today, I pray that they would pray with me. Repeat now. Father God, I come to you now a sinner. Father, I need a Savior. Jesus, please 
forgive my sins and wash me clean. Come into my heart and be my Savior. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, guys, I'm excited that Matt's here being a part with us. You know, he's he's coming down this month, getting ready to move down here to be with us. Guys, I'm excited that, that we're starting to see some forward movement on getting back together physically. Um, we don't have, we can't pinpoint it in on that yet because we don't know how things are going. But, you know, as soon as we have the ability to do it safely and follow the guidelines they're laying out, we will, we will put those plans in place. I have put a survey up on the Facebook page that you can go to to give me that information that we need about family size and things like that so that we can start making our plans for the future. Uh, you know, I, I listen to those announcements that, that Matt made. He is already working with youth, already doing Zooms and things like that. If there is a certain Bible study that you would like to do over Zoom right now, let me know, and we can we can look at starting one of those up. I've been trying to find the perfect study and the perfect night, and I've tried different nights, and and sometimes people get on, and sometimes they don't. You know, I'm I'm still trying to do the things that we need to do and get the things done that that you want us to get done. But guys, I I love you. I love you more than you could ever know. I'm praying that that God is blessing you in this time. You know. I want us to be together. We, I need us to be back together. It's very hard to preach to an empty sanctuary or to a camera lens. I'm not good at that. I'm only good with people. And so uh, I pray that God blesses you this week and in ways that, that you have not been blessed. May the Lord bless you and keep you this week. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you rest in your soul as we walk with him in this tumultuous time. Guys, I love you. I can't wait to be with you again. But until next time, love each other deeply from the heart. Be blessed this week.